Hey, hey, friend. Tell me, does this sound a little bit like you? Does this describe you? Not only do you take care of your children, I mean, things like keeping clothing on them. And spoiler alert, if you have little kiddos and haven't gotten to, let's say, the tween teen years when they start with their growth spurts, puberty, basically, uh, it doesn't end. <laughs> I feel like with my teen boys, every six months, I'm buying all new shoes because either A, they have outgrown them or B, they've completely destroyed and decimated them or a combination of the both. Okay, so back to what I was talking about. So not only are you taking care of your children, whether you have a two-year-old, 12-year-old, 18-year-old, but there's also lots of things. You're taking care of feeding your family and not just feeding them, getting food on the table. I mean, how does the food get into the house? How does it get prepared, stored, all of those things? You know, getting your kids to and from activities, planning birthdays, holidays. Oh, and wait, by the way, you homeschool too. Oh, that's right. And you also take care of the home. You are a homemaker. How can us homeschool moms, though, keep from drowning in that housework? That's what we're going to discuss today. Welcome to the Little by Little Homeschool Podcast, where you can get out of survival mode, feel confident in your homeschool decisions, and gain peace in your heart and home. I know that when we plant our feet firmly in this season of life and embrace our homeschooling, motherhood, and homemaking, we will thrive. I truly believe that we can do this from a place of peace and joy, all while growing a ton of contentment. And while we're at it, Mama, let's deepen those relationships with our children and love these years we get to pour into them. If you're ready to create beauty, seek simplicity, and live intentionally, homeschool Mama, then close out that lesson book, let the kids go play, and let's have an authentic conversation. If you haven't already joined the private Facebook group, you got to get over there. It is called Embrace the Homeschool Lifestyle Community. I will drop a link in the show notes. You can easily get there. But if you haven't joined, you really need to. Why? Because there is a sense of camaraderie. There is just a sense of understanding. We all know what our days are like. And it is a way to connect with those women who think like-minded to you that can also encourage you, give you ideas, Moms sometimes post in there asking for specific ideas and a bunch of different homeschool moms will respond. What other better way instead of getting lost in Googling something? Let's go straight to some moms who have some experience with different things. So go ahead and join that group. Check out the link in the show notes. Today, we are going to be talking about housework, homemaking, and just that aspect of the homeschool lifestyle. If you missed episode seven, go ahead and go back and listen to that. It gives a good basis, a foundation, a framework for why. Basically, it's talking about why making homemaking a priority and how it leads to success in not only your homeschooling, but also your parenting. So go ahead and listen to episode seven, maybe pause this one now and go back and then come back here or go ahead and listen to it after this episode. But we can often feel like we need to be super mom, you know, that superhero type of thing. I'm not saying you have to wear tights or a cape or anything, but Basically, you just get it all done. Oh, and also you're wearing a cute outfit. Again, not the superhero outfit, but just like a cute, trendy outfit that just hits all the right spots on you. We can often feel like we have to be that super mom. But what if you found out that that homeschool mom that you might be really looking up to and you think she has it all together, what if she doesn't really have it all together? What if she also struggles with keeping up with the housework, with her homemaking duties? Before we dive into that, I wanted to share something with you that has been super important in my family. And today's episode is sponsored by 
Berkey. Berkey is a water filtration system. And when we moved from the country where we had our own spring-fed well, it was absolutely delicious water. We loved it. Moved to the suburbs and after knowing, you know, testing our water, but just knowing because you can look up online and find out what all is in the water. There was one requirement that I had for James when we moved here, and that was that we were going to get a Berkey water filtration system. Basically, it sits on our counter. We take water from a just a plastic pitcher that we have, dump it into the top. It is gravity fed. It goes through um, some black filters on top. And then we have also opted to add the fluoride filters on the bottom and the water comes through the bottom, and then we just pour it out from a spigot. I use this water. It is all of our drinking water. It's all of our cooking water. Basically, we use it for everything. It is super tasty water because when we moved here, I was like, I don't want to be buying lots of water bottles, and I didn't 100% trust those water bottles either, and I wanted to be able to nourish our bodies with good, healthy water. And to be honest, when we got this, we weren't really quite sure. Is had heard a lot of good things about it from different people, tried it out, and we drank the water. It was a little bit of a test. I gave James some, and I drank some too, and I said, we're not going to, at the same time, we're going to basically tell each other what we think about it. And so we both agreed that it was really the, was the best water. My kids have pretty much kind of become water snobs, and we are known for filling up our metal uh, water bottles at home before we go anywhere. And we take trips. One of the things they always say is like, I really miss our Berkey. <laughs> so if you want more information about the Berkey filter system, go ahead and check out the link in the show notes. But let's start with today's episode about homemaking. And I'm going to tell you that almost every day I hear from some homeschool mom who feels just stuck. And she's drowning in the housework. She's like, okay, I kind of have the homeschool stuff and I know that that's a priority. But as I spend time doing this homeschooling and with my children and their activities, I kind of just put that on the back burner and I look around sometimes and I'm just feeling overwhelmed. Now, I have seen over the years many fancy solutions out there and I'm sure that they probably work. But for me, I'm more of a practical person. I just need tangible steps. Tell me what to do. Step one. Step two, step three, let me just, just give that to me. And so today I'm going to cut through the fluff and I'm going to give you just those directions, the directions that I use in my life, but also that I wish someone had spoken to me instead of me just trying to figure it out on my own. So we're going to cut out maybe those fancy solutions. We're just going to put it, put it together. I'm going to give you five simple steps to stop drowning in housework as a stay at home homeschooling mom. And you can start these today. Go ahead and grab a piece of paper, maybe your planner, and you just write it somewhere on the side there. Because I want to keep you, I want you to keep these five steps in mind, because I only want you to start with one at a time. And once you feel that one is you feel like that's under control, then let's go ahead and start with the next one. Some of these are big. And I'm going to tell you right now, I'm going to warn you that it might take you months to accomplish one of these. And that's okay. But that day that you get to like check that off, or cross it off your list is going to feel amazing. So let's jump into these five steps. The first one, Dremel. Are you ready? I want you to reduce the clutter. It is easier to keep up with our housework if we don't have as much stuff. Now I know if you have little children, you're going to have maybe pack and plays. You're going to have exercises. You're going to have lots of toys. And, and that's understandable. Maybe at that point, hopefully this doesn't get you upset. Maybe at that point, the clutter is old stuff, stuff that you had prior to having children. Maybe you have boxes full of clothing or stuff that you wore in college or high school. Why are you holding on to that stuff? Go ahead and go through it. Figure out, do I need this? Does this clothing fit me? 
And even if it does, do you really want to wear it? Or you're like, well, I'd like to get back to that size. Okay, how long is it going to take you to get back to that size? Is it going to take you a year? Are you going to want to wear those things in a year? I certainly would not want to go back and wear what I wore in college, even if I was that same exact size. (laughs) Kind of a little embarrassed, but maybe that's because I went to school in the 90s. So we can kind of do some math right there. Well, what I want you to do is I want you to reduce the clutter. Figure out what do we need? What do we use? Great thing that I often do is I will take things that I'm like, I'm not sure that we're really using this. And I'll just simply put it aside, put it in my closet, put it in a box and label it or something so that I can kind of remember that it is there, but give it a few months. I've done this with my kids over the years when they thought that they just had to have something. (laughs) Funny thing is oftentimes out of sight, out of mind, and we move on and our lives are just as full and just as fulfilling without those extra things. So this first step is to reduce the clutter. And I can go, if you want me to go deeper into this, because it's kind of my, kind of something I just do, but I also want to add the fact that I know that like minimal homes and minimal lifestyle is really trendy and popular right now. I'm not necessarily saying that. I'm not saying you have to get rid of everything and have like one pen in your house. You can have multiple pens, but overall just go through the clutter. Is there, are there things, have all your kids grown and you're saying, well, we're probably not going to have, you know, or we're not going to have any more children, but I'm still holding on to some of this stuff. I know it's hard to sometimes to get rid of things, baby things. One thing that I did when my kids, we were like, okay, we're, we're done having babies and, but we still have all of these, all of this clothing and it's so cute. What I did was for each one of my children, I picked out one or two outfits that I absolutely loved seeing them in just had held such a special memory for me. Uh, To be honest, I'm not really quite sure where those are right now stuffed in. I think I have like one bin of memory stuff. (laughs) I just that kind of just helped me get over that getting, you know, passing on everything. And also to remember that the things that you're passing on, whether you are overloaded with books or overloaded with clothing or overloaded with you just have too many dishes in your kitchen. You're not even using all of them. Understand that somebody will be super blessed to get that, whether it is giving it to somebody or donating it to a thrift store or having a garage sale and selling something for 25 cents. Somebody would be super excited. Just think about what you are uh, giving to somebody else and adding to them. All this while you're also reaping a reward, a benefit, and the fact that you are reducing clutter in your house. If there is less stuff There is less stuff to manage. There is less stuff to clean. There is less stuff to keep up with. The second step, if you're still with me here, if I haven't upset you too much, and let's go back to the first step. If reducing clutter, if you'd like more information about that, send me a quick email. Lee, it's spelled L-E-I-G-H at littlebylittlehomeschool.com. Let me know you'd like more information about that. I can kind of talk more about that. I'm kind of known in my family as being one that doesn't hold on to stuff. I mean, if you walk into my house, we have plenty of things. It is all things that we use. And I've done this multiple times, especially in areas that are mine, like the kitchen. I'm like, why am I holding on to these extra pans? I haven't made a cheesecake in 15 years. Why am I holding on to this? I'm sure that if I need to make a cheesecake, I can probably find a cheesecake pan at the thrift store or ask a friend to borrow one. So let's move it on out of the house. And in the meantime, someone else will be excited to use that. Okay, let's go to step two. I had a little false alarm that I was going to step two, but now I really am step two. Think of this in your mind. There is a place for everything and everything in its place. Most of the time. (laughs) Let's start the first part and then I'll get back to the most of the time. Now that you reduce the clutter, you have in your kitchen, in your living room, in your bedrooms, uh, in your dining room, in your basement, in your attic, you have the things that you need, that you want. You have reduced the clutter. 
Now let's figure out a place for everything. This can go for the basement and the attic. I mean, those places might not look as pretty as say a living room or a kitchen or a bedroom, but those spaces can be organized anyway. So a place for everything. Let's determine things, say in the bathroom, say you have a couple of girls and they have all their hair products. Let's put a basket here in the corner of the uh, counter. And this is where all our different hair products, gel, hairspray, whatever it is they use. And now let's go through all of the drawers. And this drawer right here has all the brushes. This drawer right here has all the scrunchies and the hair ties. Or maybe you have a couple of girls, say you have three girls and you have three drawers. They each get one drawer. That way there is a place for everything that you have. This can go for everything in the kitchen, in your bedrooms, living room, and everything in its place. When you have a place for something, there it, it can go to that place. When it's time to clean up, you can put it into that place. Now, I think episode 11, I also talked about housework just on a smaller scale. This one right here is a bit on a bigger scale. So go ahead and check out episode 11. And I talked about cleanup times and setting a timer and how to kind of keep up with it on a smaller scale. But if you have a place for everything and everything in its place, when it is time to clean up, you can just simply put the thing back into its place. Find baskets. Again, go to the thrift store. Nobody says these have to cost a lot. And... <laughs> I've even spray painted baskets. Go and take a look and see if you like the shape of it, the size of it, if that's going to work for the space you're thinking. But maybe you don't like the color. Maybe it's red and you don't have red in your house, but you like to do yellow in your house. Get yellow spray paint. Spray paint it yellow. No matter what, what color it is, whatever it is, you can make it your own. Bins. Look for things that can hold items that you want to hold on to the things that you have not reduced in your clutter. And when it's time to clean up, you know where it goes and your family knows where it goes. Now at the end there, I said most of the time that a place for everything and everything in its place most of the time. This is kind of foreshadowing a little bit here for step five, but understand that everything doesn't have to be in its place all the time. If it was, guess what? You don't really live in your house and I want you to live in your house. Go back and listen to episode seven specifically for this and episode 11 as well. But we live in our homes. So most of the time things can be there. Maybe you do a cleanup in the evening. And that's when it's in its space. But during the day, things are kind of all over the place. That's okay. Because guess what? You live there and it should look like you live there. All right. Step number three, choose daily, weekly, and monthly tasks. Take a few minutes, sit down and write down all of the different tasks that you have in your home, cleaning bathrooms, vacuuming, uh, dusting, even just regular cleaning up, maybe sweeping the porch cleaning windows, whatever it is. What is it that you would like to have done on a daily basis? What can be done on a weekly basis? What can be done on a monthly basis? And just sit and look at this season in your life. So for an example, what I mean by look at this season in your life, maybe this is TMI, but when I had two little boys that were fairly new potty trained, I had to wipe down, let's say the toilet area and the sink area and everything and the floor around those areas. <laughs> Every evening after they went to bed, before I went to bed, I would sanitize all of those areas. So at least I knew that overnight. And then in the morning, we would start with a clean, fresh bathroom. This season in life, I have older kiddos. I clean my bathroom one good cleaning once a week because we are here all the time every day. <laughs> and I do one middle of the week, I will do a quick wipe down. I don't have to do it daily anymore. So understand that what you're doing in your season of life right now is, is what you should be doing. Just do what you need to do. Don't worry about the other homeschool mom who is doing something different because she's in a different season in life. Evaluate where you are. What do I want to do daily? Uh, things like cleaning up my kitchen, maybe wiping down the bathroom, 
maybe it, I mean, it really depends on what it is that, that intro that makes you feel like your home, things are in order and things are in place and take a look and see what needs to be done weekly. Maybe like, okay, some people want to vacuum daily, then vacuum daily. Some people just want to vacuum one or two rooms daily. Go ahead and do that. Others just want to vacuum their house weekly. Go ahead and do that. Write down categories. I have a daily and just list everything down daily. Weekly, everything weekly. Then let's go to monthly. There's some bigger tasks. Maybe it's like, okay, reorganize. Just double check on the basement. Make sure that's reorganized. Or maybe you have a pantry that needs to be straightened up once a month because it just kind of goes awry from all your different meal planning. And a couple episodes back, I did talk about meal planning. So go ahead and check back to that as well. We can often feel overwhelmed. We're like, okay, this needs to be done. This needs to be done. This, this, okay. Uh, Sheets need to be cleaned. How often do you want to do that? Do you want to do that weekly? Or I didn't add, but maybe you want to do it bi-weekly. There's kind of a, um, I've seen some different things on Instagram. People like, how often do you clean your sheets? And it's uh, something that's a little bit of a touchy subject. I'll tell you, I clean ours weekly. I have stinky teenagers, and it just makes me feel good. So again, what is your preference as well? I like to clean those weekly. I like to give my bathroom a deep scrubbing once a week, um, but also vacuuming. Vacuuming is a big thing for me. I vacuum a few times a week because I don't like picking up stuff on the floor with my feet. (laughs) So just figure out what it is your preferences. And again, if it's different than somebody else, that's okay. But write down a list of things you want to do daily, weekly, monthly, and ignore those bigger tasks that are monthly at the beginning of the month. If you just did it, don't feel overwhelmed by those things. Understand there's a time and there's a place to do such things. Let's hop on over to step number four, and that is to get your family involved. Your family lives there. And I can guarantee you that you're not the only one making the mess. And I can probably guarantee that you're probably not making the biggest mess. You might be making the biggest mess in the kitchen, but probably not overall. You are not making the biggest mess They are there. We are a family living together. This is part of the homeschool lifestyle where we get to teach our children how to take care of a home, how to manage a home so that when they move out of our home, they are much more equipped. They know how to, maybe they move into an apartment by themselves or they move into a house with a bunch of roommates. They know how to tend to a home and how to keep up with the various tasks that need to be accomplished daily, weekly, and monthly. When my kiddos were younger, I had a understood kind of rule just in my mind. I didn't tell them this, but it was when there came a task, what I would ask is who is the youngest child that can take care of this task? And I would assign it to them. And this doesn't mean that that youngest child got assigned all the tasks because there was different things that were more difficult. So what is the, so you have a young child that you don't quite maybe trust to empty the dishwasher, but you have a, their older sibling, you can do that. Go ahead and have them empty the dishwasher. Let the younger child take care of maybe emptying the garbage bags or at least carrying the wastebasket bags all to the door to be taken outside. And then an older kiddo that you trust to be able to walk outside and bring it to the trash can can go ahead and do that. But you have to get your family involved. When we don't get our family involved, us as homeschool moms feel like everything is our responsibility. And again, you are not doing your kids any type of uh, service. You're actually doing them a disservice when you don't include them in things. When it comes to clean up stuff, when it comes to cleaning the windows. Now, this is something that I'm also a little bit, I'm like, I feel like I'm burying my deep, dark cleaning secrets here. <laughs> but when it comes to windows, I like clean windows. And it's something that I do. And I didn't add this in. So for bigger projects, I mean, I guess with number three, you can add in also quarterly, or if there's something you want to do twice a year in the spring and in the fall, we clean windows. And this past fall, I just had to let some of it go and I had to have my kids help me out because I just I just ran out of time. There was just a lot more responsibilities that I had, things that they aren't able to do. 
So I had them clean windows and then I just didn't look very closely, (laughs) but just get them involved. This is how they learn. My kids will know how to clean windows someday when they are older, because I taught them how to do it. And I showed them how important it was because I have no idea why, but even though I have three teens, I still end up with like hand smudges and face marks on my windows. But this was beyond it. This was like a seasonal kind of cleaning up from all the dirt and everything blowing on the windows. So number four is you have to get your family involved. You are doing them a service, a part of the family, and they should be helping out and it's preparing them for their future. The fifth step kind of alluded to this a little bit earlier, but I want you to remember that you are living life. Don't miss life for a perfect home. Don't have this idea that everybody's home is perfect. You watch Joanna Gaines on her TV show and everything is perfect in its place. Guess what? When she shows those houses, nobody has lived in them yet. That's why they look like that. Your home is lived in. It should look like it's lived in. Yes, we should take care of it. And yes, if you're going to have people over, clean up a little bit more. It's a really good reason and a really good excuse to give the house a bit more of a cleaning. But the state of our home and the desire for it to look perfect should not become an idol. It should not be something that is more important than our children. But if you are living in a home that is in a lot of disarray, there's a lot of clutter and it is keeping you back from really living and functioning and It isn't allowing you to live life to the fullest with your family. Um, You are serving your home instead of it serving you. Then yes, you're going to want to start with number one and you're going to want to start working on reducing the clutter and then whatever you have left, having a place for everything and putting everything in that place and have regular types of cleanups for those kinds of things. But here for number five, I want you to remember you have to live life. (laughs) Don't let your home hold you back from life either or. Don't let it hold you back from life because it is too overwhelming and it needs to be contained. You need to work on that. You're going to work on these steps, but also don't let it control you. Like, well, I I can't go right now because I have to clean up the space or I have my kitchen has, I can't, I can't run out and play with the kids in the yard because my kitchen isn't clean. I can't leave on vacation because my house is not top to bottom scoured. And I have been an absolute crazy lunatic mom yelling at everybody because before I go on vacation, I have to have all of these things. My half to house has to be in perfect order in order to leave. You are living life right now. Create memories. Don't let your home become an idol. There is a balance that has to be found between providing a comfortable atmosphere, one that is clean, sanitary, but also one that doesn't idolize the fact that our home is perfect and our family is afraid to get comfy and cozy in it. My family laughs about the couch and the karate chopping of the pillows. I don't know why I do it. I saw it on TV instead of it just looking like a blob sitting there just crying. So it's actually kind of become a game that my teen boys will go in like, oh no, they're not karate chopped. And they'll go in and they do, they karate chop it. So it's completely decimated. I mean, it doesn't even look, it doesn't even look appealing anymore, but I just kind of have to let that stuff go. And I walk in, I find the pillows, you know, all karate chopped weird and set up weird. It's just a game that they play with me. And I leave it because these, these are the good old days. Right now we are living in the good old days. And I don't, this kind of stuff makes me, because I'm nearing towards the end. Um, I know the next season will be great, but just knowing that I won't have my now 17 year old in my house for too much longer karate chopping my pillows because he wants to hear mom laugh about it. So just finding that balance of keeping a home that our family can thrive in, but not idolizing our home and having a perfection type of mindset. 
So now that I have almost cried and you know about my bathroom cleaning schedule and my changing sheets <laughs> routine. Okay, I've kind of bared it a little bit here. But I want you to jump actually over to that Facebook group I mentioned earlier. Go ahead and let me know if, you know, any of these things are, or if you want to just help me feel a little bit better and <laughs> bear your uh, soul, not really, but just telling us how often you clean your toilets, you can do that as well. But if you are not on the email list for Little by Little Homeschool, check out the link in the show notes because that will get you information about Little by Little Homeschool straight to your email inbox. I know that. Sometimes we don't always see when new podcast episodes are out. Don't really want to be on social media. This is the way you find out about things that are going on. One of those things to find out about is my homeschool program for new or fairly new homeschool moms called Hello Homeschool Academy that includes coaching between now and March 31st. It's 2022 right now. The program is going to change. It is not ever going to look like this again. And if you want to get in on, especially on one-on-one coaching with me, you're going to need to get signed up. Check out the link in the show notes. We start with just a quick Zoom call. Why do I do this? Because it's a great way for me to hear directly from you. We get to have a conversation. How fun is that? And I get to hear about your homeschool dream and what you envision and hear about your kids and your entire situation. And doing it like this is so much easier than going back and forth through email. So go ahead and do that. I can let you know then details of the program, exactly how things are laid out. But March 31st, don't miss that deadline because the program will never look like this again. If this podcast has encouraged you, the number one way you can thank me is to leave a written review on Apple Podcasts. I love to hear how this show has impacted you. So if you could hop over and do that, I'd be so grateful. While you're at it, take a screenshot of this episode and share it with your friends to encourage them. You can also find me over on Instagram at Little by Little Homeschool. Until next time, have a beautiful day, Mama.